When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Eagles fans, this is Chris Franklin from NJ Advanced Media, and welcome to the No Huddle Show podcast, where we'll discuss anything and everything Philadelphia Eagles. You can read our content on nj.com slash eagles, bookmark that, and you can subscribe to our exclusive Eagles Insider Tech Service, where we'll break news, give you insider observations, and provide in-depth analysis. Through Eagles Extra, you can send questions and comments directly to us, and we'll respond directly to your phone. We're once again joined by my No Huddle Show co-host, Les Bowen. Today, this is actually the funny thing is scheduled before we even get into intros. We were supposed to talk about regular stuff that happened at camp, but some breaking news came out, and we'll discuss that a little bit later. We'll also talk about some surprise players who played well in camp, and as well as the upcoming joint practices with the Cleveland Browns. Les, uh, before we start, Les, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Chris. How are you? Uh, not bad. Things not bad. And uh, not to start the podcast on, on, a, on a sad note, but we, we definitely do have, think we should mention this. I, I want to send my condolences and everybody I'm sure out there and on a No Huddle Show podcast who listened to it for when we heard the passing of your mom. And I'm, I'm really sorry that happened, man. It is, it's, it's really sad. I apologize, man. Well, thank you, Chris. I appreciate that. Mom was 96 and, uh, you know, I'll miss her quite a bit, but it was a struggle here the last few years. And, uh, you know, it's uh, everybody goes through it and uh, I'm doing all right. Thanks. I'm glad, I'm glad to hear it. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, I know, especially family members is tough and, and especially your mom. So, man, I'm, I'm well, I'm, it was it's sad to see you not with us when we were with us, but it's even sadder to know it's mom, man. And I, they're important, man. And, I, and and I'm glad you're back. I'm glad you're okay. The rest of your family is okay, but it's uh it's tough. But uh, moving on, uh, getting to that breaking news that we uh, discussed mentioned earlier, the Eagles made a trade today. Uh, we're recording this on Monday, and the Eagles actually traded one of their 2019 draft picks. And surprise, surprise, it was wide receiver J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. And we know Arcega-Whiteside, the Eagles had big plans for him at wide receiver when he came in, he was supposed to be a big body guy. Well, unfortunately for the Eagles and, and, and for him, he's no longer here. He was traded to the Seattle Seahawks for, and I, and I apologize if I messed his name up because it's going to be a, this Uma, I'm trying to get the name. I, I don't want to mess this up. <laughs> you go, this. Uma you go Amadi. Amadi. There you go. Hugo Amadi. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's something around that, that aspect. But he's a defensive back from the Seattle Seahawks. And I just want to get your start off with this. Les, what are your thoughts about the initial trade? Well, I'm surprised they got anything. You know, it's uh, I think this was a case of two teams in the same situation. Apparently, Amadi had asked to be released because he was in a situation where he didn't think he was going to make the Seahawks roster after four years uh, there. And uh, he wanted to catch on somewhere else. You know, he didn't want to be in the last round of cuts when everywhere a whole bunch of guys uh, 
vying for positions throughout the league. And J.J., uh, J.J. was not at practice yesterday. And I think something similar must have happened, that he was, uh, after not getting a lot of snaps in the preseason game against the Jets and being listed on the depth chart as basically the sixth tight end, as the way I read it, uh, I think J.J. was uh, was not going to come here anymore and play. So he wanted, you know, he knew they were going to cut him. He wanted out. There was a report earlier today that the Seahawks were going to waive Amadi, and uh, I guess Howie Roseman got on the phone and said, hey, before you do that, how about this? <laughs> and the Seahawks were willing to do it. So, you know, uh, they got a guy. I don't have any idea if he can make the team, but uh, he's played 47 NFL games, uh, which, you know, it, it would indicate he's only 25 years old. He certainly has a shot at making the team or the practice squad or something, you know. So, yeah. It's, uh, like I said, more than I would have expected for a guy that everybody knew was going to be cut uh, Tuesday when the team has to go from 90 to 85 players. So he was not one of the Eagles. J.J. was not one of the Eagles' top 85 players. And, uh, you know, they got something for him. So it's a shame J.J.'s career worked out like it did. He was a hardworking guy. He was a nice guy. Uh, he just wasn't very good. And it's it's puzzling to me. Usually high picks that don't work out, there's a problem with attitude or position or size or, you know, something like that. With him, it was just he wasn't a good player. And you don't you look back at that draft and he was drafted kind of where people thought he would be drafted in the second round. But he's not fast. He's not real tall. They call him a big receiver basically because he's kind of bulky, built more like a running back really than a receiver. Uh, He doesn't have great hands. He's not fast. Uh, He wasn't a great route runner. Whatever in the world they did at Stanford to make him look like a really good player, nobody was able to do that here. So... Maybe Seattle can find can find that uh, magic that uh, the Eagles never never were quite able to find. I mean, a guy like Jalen Rager, you can see he has talent. Uh, maybe not as much talent as he should have to be drafted in the first round, but you know, Jalen Rager, there's there's stuff there. There's speed. There's leaping ability. Yeah. Things of that nature. Uh, with J.J., they talked about his catch radius when he was drafted. I never really saw that come into play very much. I saw him miss a lot of balls that maybe he could have caught. But So one of those great draft mysteries that uh, probably will forever go unsolved. You bring up a good point when it comes to the what he was supposed to be. You know, he's, Everybody envisioned him being the X receiver, but – and this guy who could get these contested catches. But it's like what my history teacher, Mr. Tinney, used to tell us when we started to learn about the Holy Roman Empire. It wasn't holy, it wasn't Roman, and it wasn't an empire. <laughs> I think when you look at what J.J. Arcega-Whiteside – thank you, Mr. Tinney, I appreciate that. But when you look at what he does, like it's, he's this weird – he was this weird fit, and he didn't have really a, a position that he could really call his own and really excel in because, listen, you, when you take somebody in the second round – 
they're not going to be – you better expect – you don't want him to be just, oh, well, he does well on special teams and he's your enforcer. No, he better be a returner where he's like a Dante Hall type guy or he's an impact player. And how many times do we continually hear about the DK Metcalf, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside thing? Well, this is one of the things where it comes back. I think when you look at the overall draft class and, and what they did, it, it was a mistake, and the Eagles guys back as much as they could for what they did that. Now, when it comes to Amadi, I think it's very interesting he comes into a – he, I think it creates another camp battle now all of a sudden because when you look at what he does, he could play inside in the slot as a slot corner. It can also play safety. Well, you look at those positions, you start looking like, well, the team recently moved Josiah Scott. They've been having him play safety. They had him playing, taking first-team snaps. When Anthony Harris was out, he had a tooth issue, but he came back later on. But Josiah Scott was playing first-team. So it's like, wait a minute. You have this guy who's a slot corner who – Mainly for see, but now he's getting significant stat, snaps because he wants to see that. And then you also have Andre Chachere. And now you start to question, like, you look at some of these spots, like, the, the Eagles might have some tough choices when it comes to the back end depth and the secondary, especially at safety. And this might be their answer. And if I'm Kay, if I'm Kayvon Wallace, I'm looking like, uh-oh, like, what's going on here? Because you were called out by the general manager in the very first press conference. They wanted to see, like, hey, you know what? We want to see you improve so much. And he's had his moments during camp, but nothing that you saw and said, hey, you know what? This is a guy we can insert into the into the defense. This is a guy who can make the occasional play here and there. The fact they brought a veteran guy, another veteran guy at the safety position, along with Jaquarski Tart. Now, if I'm just Kayvon Wallace, I'm like, I, I, you have to show something in these next couple of weeks or else you're you're probably looking for another team to latch on. It's just a, it's just a crazy thing. Like Amadi, uh, Kayvon Wallace is a fourth round pick, and it's really funny that year in the draft, that was the pick everybody thought the Eagles had really gotten value for. It was kind of like the Nicobe Dean pick this year. It was like, oh yeah, they got Kayvon Wallace in the fourth round. Well, Adam, <laughs> you know, there's a guy. I haven't seen him do anything. I think he he blocked a punt last year against Denver. I guess was that him? Uh, you know, that's that's the only play I've ever seen him make. Uh, he doesn't seem to be fast, and he doesn't uh, seem to be around the ball a lot. And uh, yeah, he's he's definitely in a fight there. I would guess. And now I'm getting back to this well, too, is now we get to that 2019 draft. Now you look at who's remaining. That's a regular contributor. The only person is Miles Sanders. Because when you look at the first round pick, Andre Dillard, who got in a camp fight, which uh, <laughs> it was surprising in, in, in itself. You didn't think he would be the person to, to start two fights before you're sent off. But he's a backup to Jordan Mailata. Now you now you have Arcega Whiteside, who's no longer with the team. I mean, Sharif Miller, we, we saw what happened with him. And Clayton Thorson, where I, I, I wasn't around for the team for this, but I remember seeing the quotes and hearing from everybody saying the best thing that Doug Peterson used to say was that the best thing about him was he was married, which is like, okay, it's not instilling a lot of uh, confidence. So this 2019, you, two, two picks, especially with two of your first three picks not here, and then your third, the third person in the, entering the last year of his contract, is. This is crazy, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, that was not a great draft. And, uh, you know, Thorson was one of those guys that the minute you saw him, you thought, well, nah. You know, it was uh, (laughs) when they drafted him, they were thinking third quarterback. You know, the the bar wasn't real high, but I was shocked that Dallas picked him up after the Eagles got rid of him. And he actually stayed there for a while. You know, I I just saw nothing there. Nice guy, you know, 
but I did not see an NFL arm, probably one of the least impressive quarterbacks the Eagles have had in in training camp in the last 10 years or so. Uh, yeah, so that was not a good draft. Um, you know, it, and the Eagles have paid a price for their drafts uh, from the mid to late uh, 2000s, you know, going up to 2020, 21, 22. Uh, they've been doing better here lately, but there's no doubt that they had several years that, uh, you know, they'd like to do over again. And where you, what that hurts you with is guys that ought to be in their primes now, you know, or entering their primes, at least. We're talking about 2019. These are guys that could be building blocks of your team, and you've had to go out and you know sign free agents like Hassan Reddick uh, and Darius Slay because you haven't, you know, you don't have those guys. They haven't uh, come through for you. Um, you know, that's just they've been very fortunate. They've been able to patch and fill the way they have. And I think that's one thing we need to acknowledge about the 2022 Eagles. Who look like a very good team there's some guys here on one-year deals as free agents who kind of help make it a very good team and if you know if they're not here long term i'm not sure where that leaves the roster so i'll just leave it at that i agree i i agree because whoever their agents are for a lot for a lot of those guys i'm pretty sure they're setting them up for another big payday especially with a good year but the Eagles, knowing their cap situation with, with some of their long-term deals, they just recently signed with guys like Mylotta, and then they have to worry about the quarterback coming up. It's, it's going to be a messy cap situation and trying to get some of these guys back. So this is why this year is going to be very, very important for them to set up for what they hope is a, is a long playoff run. But before they do that, they have to make sure they get through training camp first. And there's been a lot of players, a lot of news for good and bad for some players who have uh, stood out and some who have not. Les, I want to get your opinion. I know, I know you've been out for the last few practices, but who has been your surprise player so far in camp, either good or bad? You know, the thing that sticks out for me, uh, and I have not been there a whole lot, especially lately, it, James Bradbury has been better than I thought he would be. He was, you know, I know it was a big deal that the Eagles were able to get him uh, after the Giants cut him. And, you know, I knew knew he was penciled in as a starter, but he's a guy that's been kind of up and down. He had a tremendous year for Carolina in 2020, did not have a great year for the Giants last year, which is why they were willing to get rid of him. Um, I was kind of thinking, yeah, he'll be okay in the zone. He'll be better than Steven Nelson. But, you know, this is not uh, any kind of premier player or anything like that. But a few practices, I've been watching him play, you know, one-on-one, man-to-man right off the line. And uh, I – He's done well. And the Eagles have good receivers. It's not like he's playing against trash. Um, I, I've i been quite impressed with James Bradbury. I hope that, uh, you know, holds over into the regular season. Uh, I think they're in a very solid situation at corner right now. That's, he's very good. As he, it's those matchups that you see one-on-one that we get to see with the uh, – between the wide receivers and cornerbacks, him and Devonta Smith are are interesting. It's like they carried that last last year's Giants game up at the Meadowlands over into training camp, and the and the little games that they're playing inside the, each play is is interesting to see when it comes to the one on ones. How how Devonta Smith tries to get those breaks out, and, and how does James Bradbury counter? So it's been good. If I had to say for one for myself, I'd definitely say Davion Taylor. 
And for coming into a season where the Eagles really bolstered up those linebackers, adding Hassan Reddick, adding Nakobe Dean. Now, as you you look at the players that were around there, you look at David Taylor, you start going, okay, is he really going to fit in? What, what is his role going to be? And I, I say when looking at everything he's done to this point so far, I've been thoroughly impressed, and especially when it comes to not only his recognition of diagnosing the plays, because remember, he didn't pick up football until very, very late, what would be late, considered latent for many people when he was in late in high school and then went on to the University of Colorado. So he's those study sessions he had with Nick Rouse were starting to pay off in doing that. You see the athletic ability, but the main important thing is you're getting he's creating turnovers. He's gotten a he's my by unofficial count, I have I think I have like three or four interceptions by him. He's cre- he's forced a couple uh, a fumble or two as well, too. And he's playing well in a zone area, especially where Jonathan Gannon likes to have that line, the linebackers either drop back into like the hook curl area where a lot of slot receivers like to go or, or running backs or even a flat as well, too, where one on one against running backs. He's finding ways to make plays and he's even matched up a couple of times against some wide receivers and broke his passes up. So you look and you start to question like, OK, Davion Taylor is starting to become a real player in this. Where do you put him? Kaiser White's playing well. Nicobe Dean is, is still filling in as well to doing decently. TJ Edwards is still the middle, so he's doing well. And then you look over at Yasan Reddick, who's basically playing that Sam strong side linebacker, like where he's going to be rushing the passer, but still dropping it up sometimes. So the Eagles, have, or we talked about earlier about defensive back, and especially that safety being tough. The Eagles going to have some tough decisions when he makes a linebacker. Yeah, that's really true, and it's a that's a really unusual position for the Eagles to be in, and a, and a happy <laughs> uh, a happy dilemma to have, frankly. Um, and I'll be interested to see what they do. I would guess Davion Taylor, I mean, he just got here last year. He'll be on the team. How much he plays is really what we're debating here. Uh, but, uh, you know, he'll ha- probably have to early in the season make his mark again on special teams and, and work his way. Uh, you know, there's often injuries at that position. It's a tough position to play. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's great to see him looking good. I wasn't – when he first showed up, I was skeptical – I did not see a whole lot, but, uh, you know, he's starting to grow on me. Yeah, and, and the big thing for him especially is going to be make sure he stays on the team because after an MCL repair uh, that ended his season last year, he, he had knee issues earlier on last last season, and his availability is going to be the main thing that's going to give him a chance to have a shot mainly in his defense. and. Yeah, I'm sure Jonathan Gannon, Howie Roseman, Nick Sirianni, all those guys are hoping he stays healthy because it stays off the injury list. Because if he does, he can be pretty impactful in, in some certain packages. Now, we're talking a lot about defense. We're talking about offense. Well, this defense is now going to go on the road and leave the Novacare Complex, head over to Borrell, Ohio, which, frankly, I've never been at and never heard of it until basically started covering this thing. But it's the home of the Cleveland Browns and the training facility, and that's where you and I will be headed over down there to uh, joint practices. So uh, when it comes to that, uh, Les, what are some of the things you're looking for when the Eagles take on the Browns in a joint practice? Well, this is going to be really fascinating, Chris, and I don't think this is quite what the Eagles had in mind when they set this up. But Deshaun Watson is uh, is is there in Berea, <laughs> Ohio, uh, practicing. He played in his first preseason game last week. I don't think that's what the NFL had in mind. But while he's appealing this suspension, the six-game suspension, or while the NFL is appealing the suspension, I should make that clear, um, 
he's allowed to participate, and we don't know if he will be playing against the Eagles uh, this coming Sunday. I know that there was there were reports from Cleveland today that uh, Jacoby Brissett had sort of started taking the bulk of the starting reps uh, under the anticipation that the appeal to Peter Harvey would uh, be you know, would go through and that uh, the decision would be made this week and that whatever Watson's suspension is, that it would start. Uh, But, you know, that'll be the first thing we'll be asked to check on is, uh, and I'm sure the Eagles tomorrow when practice, they did not practice today, Monday, but uh, Tuesday, when we go see the Eagles practice that they're going to be asked about Deshaun Watson. And, you know, I'm sure they'll want to dance around that topic and not say anything inflammatory. But that's uh, that's topic one coming up there in Cleveland. Uh, the other, there's other interesting stuff there too. You know, that's a lot of talent on that Browns roster. Really, uh, you're you're looking at uh, you know running back uh, from Kansas City. Uh, you know, one of the very best running backs in the league. I think. Um, I I just wish I had his name in front of me right now. Oh, is it Nick Chubb and uh, Kareem Hunt? Kareem Hunt. That's who we're talking about. Thank you, Chris. Good to have these young people around for when grandpa here. <laughs> Trust me, concussions start to mess my head up. So maybe I'll maybe be I have the same uh, age range as you right now. Yeah. <laughs> when my grandpa brain kind of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking, I'm thinking, okay, Kansas City guy, I can see him running. I know his running style. His name is Kareem Hunt. You're right. Um, yeah, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, uh, I think uh, Denzel Ward uh, was uh, cleared to get back into practice. He's been out with a foot injury. Uh, Javion Clowney's there. Uh, Miles Garrett, I guess, has had the last couple days off for personal reasons. But, you know, by Thursday when they practice with the Eagles, I would think that will be resolved. So we're going to see uh, we're going to see some battles. You know, I want to see Jordan Mailata against Miles Garrett and and that sort of thing. Uh, I think this will be a very good test. A, a very talented team, one that's in some turmoil. But uh, you know, uh, this is the sort of thing that the NFL is trending toward. I think we should mention that. I think well, there will be a day before too long when there won't be preseason games and we'll just have a bunch of these things going on around the league. The Eagles are doing two of them this year at Cleveland and then at uh, Miami. And uh, this is where the, you know, you might not see the Eagles starters in a preseason game again this uh, August. You might just, you know, have to, Uh, work off the reports of how they do in these joint practices because that's what the coaches are really looking forward to evaluating and and where they're going to make a lot of their decisions, I think. Do you agree? Yeah, I do. And I don't know why I just had the image of John Lennon singing, imagine no preseason games. It isn't hard to do. And it's, it sounds so soothing and nice and so uplifting not to see some of the <laughs> some of the play that we did, especially after the last third and fourth quarters. But uh, I agree. I mean, looking at the uh, – I think, first off, you can't avoid the Deshaun Watson stuff. I mean, the fact that the Eagles have been linked to him 
for a very long time throughout last season as a potential replacement for Jalen Hurts. Then you have the relationship that Jalen Hurts and Deshaun Watson have in that they both are good friends. And reportedly, Deshaun Watson said he didn't want to come to Philly because he didn't want to mess with Jalen Hurts. Then you look at the executive level. You got Andrew Barry and now Catherine Raich, two disciples from the Howie Roseman Three are now going to be facing just seeing how their rosters are facing all. So you have that dynamic. I want to see how it happens when Catherine meets up with uh, Howie first off. It's like, hey, we really wanted you to stick around, but we knew we went to Andrew. But, you know, I, I know Howie's going to enjoy that because it helps his it looks his tree. It looks it's better for him. And he seems like a genuine guy that wants to see a lot of people who he works with move on forward and, and succeed elsewhere. But you are right when it comes to those defensive ends. Uh, for the Browns, I mean Jordan Mailata and Lane Johnson versus Javadion Clowney and Miles Garrett. I mean, whew, that's going to be fun. And then we get to see Amari Cooper versus Darius Slay, part fifty thousand. So it, there's so much stuff to see around there, and, and it's going to be very intriguing to watch. And get, I, mean, John, I mean, even that Jonathan Gannon is going back home to Cleveland, and the hoopla is surrounding that. So. It's going to be a very, very interesting thing, and, and you and I are going to have a lot of fun covering this and sharing it with everybody who's listening and also everybody who reads And I'll start with this. Les, what's your you have any final thoughts for either this upcoming week or, or anything football-related overall? Yeah, I just I wanted to talk a little bit. We didn't mention the first preseason game uh, against the Jets. I wasn't there for it. You were – I guess the big play was when Jalen Hurts ran out of bounds and got whacked uh, for a 15-yard penalty against number 56. Um, yeah, I've seen Jalen criticized for maybe bailing on the pocket a little early, for not throwing the ball away. I really think people are looking pretty deep there. I, To me, you run out of bounds – you're out of bounds. You know, I mean, you don't get hit. That's the idea. You know, it's against, I mean, if he, is he at fault if he's sitting on the bench and somebody comes over and hits him? I don't know. I mean, let's not, uh, you know, let's not make this uh, impossible for the guy. I mean, it's, I know we don't want him to get hurt and I know we want him to stay in the pocket as much as he can and, you know, look for secondary receivers and all that good stuff. But he ran out of bounds. You know, I mean, to me, that's that'll work. You know, most of the time. So I'm not going to uh, get on him for that. That's my last thought. Yeah, I agree with you because, especially when on you're on that in that situation, you're rolling out to your right. You you don't have any deep defenders that are open. The scramble drills in play. So and I remember this Shane Steichen saying this last year where they try to make it like a five on a die. And you're looking at that deep corner. Well, he's taken. You don't want to throw across your body inside because then you're risking interception. And you don't have a short receiver in front. So you can either take off and run, which you already were doing, or you just Run out of bounds, which is a safe thing to do. And Quincy Williams was just that, – that was just a boneheaded play on his end. And and I, I was kind of funny to watch uh, Sirianni react to it in the way that the offensive lineman came up to defend Hurts as well too. I thought that was very key because that's how you know you, the quarterback has to buy in the team because there are some players who we, we've seen in the past where they don't have that buy-in. It's like, oh, well, he got hit. 
eh, okay, he'll, he'll, he'll get up eventually. So yeah, I that. don't think they have to uh, worry about teams doing this in the regular season, taking 15 yard penalties to take cheap shots at Jalen Hurts out of bounds. I don't think that's going to be a thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, and I remember I used to have a. I, I was, uh, this is where you gotta love semi pro. I used to have a. Uh, uh, the, there was a coach that used to tell us that that say the sort of defenders, especially if you see somebody if it's early on and you see either a quarterback or you that it's okay to take the fifteen just to send a message early on. And I'm sure Solid wasn't that way, but I'm pretty sure I wouldn't be surprised if Quincy Williams was going. Hey, you know what? I'm going to set the tone and send the message that we're not to be played with which is going to – this is not smart to begin with, and it's going to make his wallet lighter. So, Oh, absolutely. Uh, so and if, uh, if he had hurt Hurts, I think he'd be looking at suspension, you know. But Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that's it for me. And my final one, it, it has to do with the Guardian cap. And it, it starts with that – I mean, uh, we saw early on with uh, Jason Kelsey putting the bubble wrap on the head. Well – the two players who regularly had to wear it, Andre Dillard and Jordan Mailata, well, they had concussions and they were out for about five days. And it was interesting when, which was great. We actually had locker room access again. So it was great. So we get to find stuff like this. Jordan Mailata was asked about, Hey, you know what? What do you think about the guardian cap? And he called it fake news. He said it basically didn't defend, didn't uh, stop any concussions and it doesn't work. And he apologized for the NFL, but he wasn't doing it. And, I, you know, there's been too much, like like when it comes to, as I say, criticism when it comes to that and concern when it came to from coaches and players worried about this cap would lead to more concussions because guys are thinking, oh, I got extra padding on the outside. Let me go ahead and hit this guy a little bit harder. And I'm starting to wonder. I, I personally, if I'm them, I'm going back to the drawing board to find another uh, another solution. I know they're going to they're not going to wear it forever. I think they have maybe a week, week, week and a half having to wear these things. But it, the NFL, I know, I know they're worried about player safety. I know they're worried about head injuries and the long term effects of that. But there, ha- there has to be a better way when it comes to that because if players are not truly believing in it now and you see start still seeing concussions to that magnitude, it, it, there needs to be a change somewhere. Okay. And on that note, we're going to end this podcast here. We thank you guys very much for listening into it. Remember, make sure to check Les's work and myself's out on nj.com slash Eagles. Also, don't forget to check out Eagles Extra. We'll go ahead and continue to do the text updates whenever stuff breaks, such as the J.J. Arcega Whiteside News. Planning on having a Q&A probably on either Friday or Saturday. To give you guys, if you guys have any questions, make sure to send those in if you're already a subscriber. If not, sign up. It's a good time to do that as well, too. And for less, I'm Chris. Everybody enjoy the rest of your day. Have a good one now.